all you beautiful people out there in podcast land. This is Paul Ward. I'm Zach McCoy. And it is your boy, Trav. And we are your Oscar Grouches. Welcome back to the Oscar Risty Podcast. Sure, we discuss us. Well, no, no, that's the other show. Uh, our Thursday show. Not acting direct this week. Oh, my gosh. We're going back to Thursdays. Uh show where we take a look at the oeuvre of the great knower of cinema himself, Martin Scorsese. And what are we watching this week, Zach? We are watching Scorsese directing a documentary called Personality Crisis, One Night Only. We hang out with artist David Johansson in his, uh, this intimate documentary that gets his perspective on life and his musical career. Excellent. Uh, this, is a, this is a new movie. This yeah. is the first time we're covering a new Martin Scorsese movie on the show. My goodness. So, so that's Very exciting. Crazy. Uh, released just this past Friday. Um, I'm I'm excited to see if anything comes of this film. So let's uh let's jump into it. Jumping. I'm jumping. Johansson <laughs> style. As right, if well, it is hot I'll start this hot. off because I feel like I'm the I'm the only person that doesn't know who this guy is. Okay. But yeah, I feel like I'm the only person that didn't know who this guy was. I have no idea who this guy is. Okay. There you go. Um, I've never heard of that. What's the band? The New York Dolls. Okay. Never heard of them. Um, never heard of this dude. Um, and I'll be honest, I really didn't care for any of the music that was being played throughout the show. Mm. Um, but he's a cool guy. Unique individual. Mm-hmm. Not really my cup of tea, but Definitely unique. I think sure. I think we're probably going to have three layers of enjoyment and appreciation of this uh, particular documentary because I <laughs> bring us the second layer. <laughs> I um I I love that first. Um, I mean, the New York Dolls don't have very many albums. I think they only had like two studio albums. Don't they? Two studio albums. <laughs> Their first one is one of my uh, favorites. It's I listen to it quite a bit. Um. And I only have a passing familiarity with Buster Poindexter as far as like hot, hot, hot and uh, his cover of Hit the Road Jack. And that you, Santa Claus? I know that. But, <laughs> so I'm not like deep, um, deeply into his career as an artist. So I think like watching this, it feels like it was made or at least would be appreciated more that, by somebody who really is into him already. Because it's not like an in-depth documentary. It touches on a lot of parts of his career, but it's not. Right. It, it's more it's casual, you know, with his stepdaughter doing a lot of the interviews and stuff. And, and I, I like it. I dig that vibe. But the thing that pulled it down for me were the live, uh, the kept going back to this live performance of his 70th birthday that this dialed down kind of loungy versions of a lot of his songs, a lot of the New York Dolls songs. And honestly, I was watching it at night and I kind of kept like drifting off just because it is like chill. <laughs> but um, I had to wake myself up and be like, OK, pay attention. And I, I, I didn't love the the one night only part of it. So, yeah, that's where I'm at. I loved every moment of this fucking movie. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you might. I now okay. you're a fan already. Yes, I'm a big fan of David Johansson, of the New York Dolls. 
not so much Buster Poindexter, but I I appreciate that. Who's Buster Poindexter? So it's essentially so it's David Johansson. Buster Poindexter right, is David Johansson, and he is pretty much the the cheesy lounge version. Like he's Richard Cheese before Richard Cheese, um, where he he had more inspirations and uh, things that he enjoyed other than just being a punk icon, which he is. And uh, he was like, you know, there, there's a part in the movie where he says, you know, Buster Point Dexter can sing things that David Johansson can't. So when he is Buster Point Dexter, he gets to get away with like big cheesy covers like hot, 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 or, you know, hit the road, Jack. Like he's, he's able to, to pull out that loungy big personality. Whereas David Johansson's more straightforward rock driving punk rhythms in. Mm -hmm. And if go on. Okay. I just to clear up any confusion, this documentary is on David Johansson, but the music we're getting is poindexter it, it and he says it at the beginning this is this is what would happen if david if buster poindexter did the music of david johansson which which is essentially why it's called personality crisis also there's a great new york doll song called personality crisis which ends out the movie mm-hmm. uh and um i'll i'll say i i was expecting more of a turbulent film Zach said they they held back and made it a little lighter and a little more airy, and they it, it wasn't so much a documentary as it was just kind of a uh, a look at an artist and his art yeah. and his relation to his art, which I th- you know if that's what the story that they wanted to tell, the man's been around for years and years and years and probably has more stories than than you know what to do with. So yeah. I really, I enjoyed the parallel of, you know, the way you said that, you know, the vibe of the documentary is like him sitting on his chair or couch looking at all these like photo albums and things that he has. That's kind of, you know, how it feels. Yeah. And, and I like that. I like that this wasn't like, Hey, I'm, I don't want a fluff piece probing documentary. I just want to talk about how I make art. Mm. And that's essentially what this is. And I love that. Um, yeah, um, just to kind of mirror something that Zach said, well, I definitely feel like somebody who's a fan can get a lot more out of this than somebody like me. Because um, it is a little... You, really, I just didn't know what the hell was going on in the whole documentary. Like, <laughs> I'm just confused. It, Paul's pretty much clearing it up for me now. You know, any mm-hmm. sort of questions I I might have had. Um, but it didn't suck by any stretch like that i didn't enjoy it as much as some other documentary stuff that marty has done Mm -hmm. yeah i think it was really just watching it in confusion a little bit took a way from the enjoyment of what it could have been and i actually really enjoy the music itself but the lyrics were just terrible i just (laughs) didn't find him singer and i didn't find the lyrics captivating at all it was just like rubbish to me it was just like him saying stuff and it just had no emotional connection with anything he was saying for me so f is i just didn't really enjoy the songs but i enjoyed the the music 
in the words of the great Adam Sandler, I disagree. <laughs> well, that I I think uh, it's a bad way to be introduced to his music if you haven't heard it before because the way he's singing the songs, yeah, the lyrics are 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 not very good, but they're a lot of these are punk songs that that no, the lyrics are great. Uh, they they sound better in punk songs to me. Uh, that like I'm not that into the band that's playing with him at this. Uh, one night only show the boys in the band band. I loved them. <laughs> the, they finally pulled out, you know, the energy when they played personality crisis. That's because like, they weren't supposed to be doing energy. It's a lounge show. Right. I know, but I don't right. like the songs in lounge version because the, the it right. makes it stand out. If you're not, if you haven't heard these songs before, it makes it seem like the lyrics are bad and, and it doesn't really match right. the energy. Nope. It's kind of like if you were to hear newer <clears throat> hip hop out of context, it would be like, oh God, this is garbage. And but like you have to hear the lyrics on how they're being presented in the beat and stuff like that for those songs to be appealing. And I this is probably that for me. Is that you're saying it's for you, where those lyrics aren't presented the best in this form of presented. Yeah. And I can agree with that because I could see this being on some punk music and knew it. I don't want to act like like ska lyrics are, you know, great. I know it's not ska, I'm just using it as an example of if you were to take a lot of ska bands that I like and put them on paper and other forms, you might just be like, yeah, this this is silly and it's not really doing anything, but it's a vibe on those kind of records and this probably just sounds better i'd like to hear these songs in their original punk presentation you definitely should do that because they're amazing in any form and presentation (laughs) especially in the punk presentation but i love them in this lounge presentation that laid back raw yeah stripped down feeling and i i think you know it took me a moment to recognize a handful of songs i'm because of the presentation because i i you know i like i say i love that first album but i don't know the lyrics as well as i i might know another band so if like if it were raged against a machine done this way or something i would instantly like know the song and maybe have more of a you know inside joke kind of feeling with it or something but yeah. so that that was the only part that got me down uh, uh yeah. on the movie a little yeah. because the the archival footage and the interview stuff was um wonderful yeah, I enjoyed his interview portions. I want to call them interviews. It was I don't even know who the lady was asking random questions or his, anything like uh, that, but his stepdaughter. Oh. It was a filmmaker. Um, oh, okay. His stepdaughter is a filmmaker. Yes. So she's the other person on the name of this next to uh, No, next to next to Marty is David Tadeshi. But yeah, I think his daughter Leah uh Hennessy is her name, and I think she was yeah. edited as like a producer maybe or like main interviewer or something like that on, on mar this. mara hennessy is a producer but i don't maybe that's her mother yeah that's that that's his wife okay um big shout out to ellen is it curious through the cinematography because it's gorgeously shot yeah the, the lighting is awesome yeah absolutely gorgeously shot what else has she done she's been nominated for an Oscar. a lot of a lot of great I mean, Eternal Sunshine, you know, Beacon, Rewind, Blow, mm. which is crazy. Dude, she did He Got Game. Like, oh, I what love a great, He Got Game. Nice. Dude, I think we talked about that 
over February because I watched yeah. it over February. But uh, Rolling Thunder. So she's worked with Marty. Yeah, she also did. Shana. She looks like she does all his documentary stuff. Shine a light, Rolling Thunder. Pretend it's a city. She did David Byrne's American Utopia, which was my favorite film of oh, that year. Nice. A 50 year argument, public she did speaking. The making Hell of yeah. the Irishman did. Hmm. So nice. Yeah. Big fan. Um, I just I think it's people are gonna appreciate it more if you're a fan. Already. I will say uh, I will say this is a fan's documentary. It it's not here to like uncover major stones. It's it's a it's right. a film or, celebrating or make new fans. It, maybe not. I don't know because what what young people are turning on Showtime and watching a documentary about a guy they've never heard of. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you what. Did the crowd look young to y'all? Like uh, I'm not saying 20 years, no. but for him, for him, where he's at, you didn't think the crowd looked significantly younger than. I, I think his there were a couple bracket? people in the front or rows. I don't know who they were. Whether they were like, maybe they'd got tickets to this exclusive thing, but most of it looked like people he knew and uh, yeah, older people because it was a very intimate thing. Yeah, and you know, and for for someone like me who cares, if I lived in New York and. I was in this art scene. I I care about the history of the things I'm really invested in. Mm-hmm. And that was punk music. Mm-hmm. Uh, in my younger years, when I got into punk music, I immediately started searching out how, how did this happen and where did we come from? That's why I'm so in love with The Clash and The Ramones. They're mm. my favorite bands. Uh, and the New York Dolls are up there with them. And, you know, and I... I used to just go rip entire like discographies of of pretty much anybody I could get my hands on. So I became big on the Descendants and Husker Du and mm-hmm. you know pretty much that whole SST scene. Like so, so someone who's as obsessive as me, as you know, as young as I am comparatively, yeah, sure, we'd be there, especially if we had the money to get into a show that looked like it probably cost a pretty penny <laughs> trav do you know hot 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 without us playing it you no, heard that song no i'm sure you know it if you heard it i i know they made the joke about like him being a one-hit wonder twice yeah but <laughs> the dude's not even a one-hit wonder once to me i don't know any of the i literally have never heard of this band or no. any of these songs or this guy like i've literally never heard of this <laughs> dude so fair enough first time i heard of new york dolls i bought some compilation of like 70s and 80s punk music and the song subway train was on there and it's like this song fucking rules <laughs> i will say my um my two favorite performances from the one night only show were when he did um lonely planet boy like because i felt the vibe on that one and then, yeah that's a good one um and then when they kicked out the jam is on personality crisis um yeah i i just i thought it was really interesting how he had uh all the like the sleeve page covers for all the stuff he had in these binders i'm like that's really cool that he's not just like picking up these shoe boxes full of clippings which would be fine too but just that i'd never really seen somebody maybe somebody had helped him organize stuff or something but it, yeah it was cool Oh, maybe he's just that guy and keeps these things organized. Yeah. 
Yeah. I uh, would say uh, <laughs> I'm glad they don't didn't focus too much more on Morrissey because that, that guy. <laughs> uh, <laughs> he, yeah, was import- he was important to mention early on, though. Yeah, I'm, I'm not a Morrissey fan as a musician, and I'm not a Morrissey fan as a person, but it sounds like he was kind of important to David Johansson's life as well. So, yeah, I, w- I was a big Smith's fan. I, n- I never liked Mor- Morrissey's solo or, yeah, and he's a dick now. So, well, I mean, he's always been a dick, I guess, but <laughs> just more vocal and apparent now because the internet. Funny how I that happens. Don't don't bother learning don't who bother. he is. You're just gonna save yourself a lot of time, heartache, and not having to listen to sad, shitty music. I know there's one Smith song you like because it's in an Adam Sandler movie. So. One Smith song I like, or, or no, or oh, Trav. One he would know if I. I don't. I didn't mean to say like, but I know that he would know it because it's in the Wedding Singer, isn't it? Well, now you gotta tell me what song. Uh oh. How soon is now? I oh, think so they're the- a band like from the eighties. Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. And they're they're like <laughs> they're like proto emo. <laughs> they're the and, what are they British or Irish? Irish. They're British version of REM or something. I mean, I I pretty much like every song in the Wedding Singer, so um, I probably do like that song. Well, know, it, whatever it is. If you if you. Uh, if you remember a song where the singer sounds like he got stabbed and is crying, <laughs> that's that's the Smiths. Yeah. Good enough. I'd sing it, but we're not here to talk about them anymore. Yeah. Talk about David Johansson. Um, yeah. And I just I love how um, sweet a person he seems and how touched he felt by, you know, the people that were there to see him and celebrating his birthday. And yeah, like, and seems like a cool guy. Yeah. And, you know, for a guy who. Pretty much inspired like two genres of music in one go. That's mm. it's it's nice that he's still kind of down to earth and humble like this because mm-hmm. is he very proto punk and very proto glam? There's no there's no kiss without without New York dolls, at least the way they're presented. Yeah, and it's crazy. We're talking about a band that their first album came out in 1973, you know, and they dressed in drag and stuff. and and they were walking the streets of New York and helping make a statement. And here we are 50 years later, and it's still a hot button point for whatever reason. For whatever reason. Just will hot never button. make sense. Yeah. And we're talking about this after Dame Edna just passed, too. So, Oh, yeah. <sighs> I don't really have a whole lot else to say. I, I just it was wonderfully made, beautifully shot. And uh, if I knew the lyrics a bit better, I might enjoy it more. Trap, anything else from you? No. All right, we're going to move on to some worsty judgments. Trap, where's this sitting on your Thursday's rankings? So, yeah, I gave this a three star because I just felt like it's middle of the pack. Like, it was enjoyable. I didn't hate my time watching it. But it wasn't something that I thought was, you know, great. So I got to sit at my number 42 spot. Um, it's right above It's Not Just You, Murray. Um, but I, there's no way I could put it over Italian-American. It's mm. just uh, I love that Scorsese family. <laughs> just, sorry, David Johansson. 
two seventies uh, New York staples, David Johansson and the Scorsese family, right next to each other. Zach, yes, where's the sitting for you? Well, I've got it. Um, I gave it four stars because I was really excited to watch it, uh, thinking I would, you know, learn more things that I didn't know. Um, and so that's partly on my expectation, but I gave it four stars and I really like it a lot. Uh, I've got it at my number 32, uh, cozied up next to the key to Reserva and the blues documentary he did and two spots behind shine a light. So they're all, they're all kind of, you know, filling that vibe for me. How about you, Mr. Workman? Mm. Uh, there is nothing bad here. This is an incredible documentary that tells the story it needs to tell uh, about a man that it, if we needed to do a real documentary on him, it either have to be six hours long or in multiple parts. So we got personality crisis one night only. The one night only, I think, is kind of the important thing there where, hey, we're going to get a limited amount of time to tell a story about a man. Yeah. This is that limited amount of time. Uh, and, uh, all the music is incredible. Uh, the live performance is just a lot of fun. Uh, and, uh, every story he tells is better than the last. God, he's so good. He's just a consummate performer and I love that, watching him. That hair story was really good. Yes. <laughs> yes, it was. <laughs> uh, so for me, cause I, I was able to shirk my expectations within like 10 minutes of watching this movie and just mm -hmm. enjoy my ride. I gave this five stars. I gave it a little heart and I have it at my number nine sitting nice. above La Departed mm -hmm. and just under King of Comedy, that indisputable masterpiece. <laughs> Bold uh, choices. I like it. I like it too. I, I really do want to rewatch this. I, I was thinking of rewatching it today before we recorded it again, but uh, I completely forgot that I had my nephew's birthday to go to today. <laughs> so I didn't watch this and I watched a lot of Joe Parra talks with you. <laughs> oh, there you go. Such a good show. It's the best. He's going to be in um, Elemental. If... Oh, yeah. Oh, the Pixar. That, that, yeah. Movie's are, that movie's already five stars. For I me believe now. it's Elemental that I know. I know he's going to be in a Disney movie. I mean, obviously not like a main character. Yeah. But I want to say it was Elemental. I saw him on the cast list and I was like, holy shit, Joe Parra. This is awesome. Oh, I, I love the geology thing. Maybe. God, he's so good. I was hoping. Yeah, I was, I was hoping he'd be a like a water like guru of some sort. Hey, Joe, <laughs> I'm, I'm your water guru, Joe Parra. <laughs> Level. It's just such a dude. I have cried watching this show. I mean, like, it's not. It's such a good show. It's got, yeah, it's elemental. He's Fern Grouchwood. Oh, so he's gonna be. He's gonna be uh, plant. Okay. <laughs> so, I'm what it. I mean, look, he's listed on the cast list, like the main cast list. So it's somewhat of a. It's definitely a supporting. Yeah. Character, but. But yeah, awesome. <clears throat> I gotta watch Search Party. Apparently, he's in one episode of that. Uh, yeah. Now, uh, where were we at? Uh, Just... we were me wrapping this up. <laughs> I didn't mean to start a Joe Para side tangent, but right. as as the uh, Banks I, boys I never, like to I say, we complained about that. 
we got a snowball here. So a Joe ball, Joe ball, Joe Joe, Joe Para. You, you want to know about snowballs? Okay. (laughs) All right. So, uh, Trav, let people know where they can find you on the media social. Yes, of course. I'm on the Instagram, ZK Audio. I'm on the Twitter, TikToks, T-R-A-V-I-O-S-C-K, where I'm also on the letterbox, ranking and rating my daily movie watches. And I finally watched the film that Paul recommended to me a long time ago, Master and Commander. Oh, how'd you like that? And I thought it was good. That's, I thought it was good. That film gets my um, motor running. I thought it was crazy to see uh, the dude that plays Klaus and the vampires in original spinoff as a kid. That was mm. pretty crazy. Mm. Yeah. But I, th- I thought it, just, it had pacing issues for me personally, but what a gorgeous fucking film. Good God. Yeah. Beautiful to look at. That one won cinematography for. Yeah. It's a yeah. good choice. Yeah. A beautiful. That's. Peter Weir, that guy's a good director. Oh, of course. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, the guy uh, recently, like, but like you him. know, mm-hmm. one point in time, this man was putting out fire. <laughs> Just won an honorary award too. Zach, where can people find you? Find me on Critiker, Zach Master, X A K K M A S T E R, TikTok, House Havoc, and Letterbox by searching my name and Mister Workman. Uh, you can follow me at Shark Dressman on TikTok, where I uh, and Joseph Tapia are covering all sorts of shark-related material. Uh, and uh, you can follow me at Father of the Fear across Twitter and Letterbox, where I keep a running tally of all the films I watch. Now, we're recording this a couple of days after we normally do. So I had one film to talk about when we were going to record this a couple of days ago. But I've watched four new films since then. Ooh. So I'm going to I'm going to run these down from my my least favorite to my favorite. Okay. So we're going to start down here with uh Apple Plus's new uh romantic comedy action film Ghosted. It's awful. <laughs> yeah, I I heard it's not very good. I wanted I wanted something light and breezy to kind of like fill my morning yesterday. I when I when I wake up, I don't like to wake up and watch really serious shit. So I like to watch romantic comedies right. or something or children's movies. And uh this did not fill the void and I was just angry through most of it and it's really really bad. <laughs> there is nothing funny in this movie and uh Chris Evans and Anna Darmus have Zero chemistry, despite there being a running gag about how much sexual tension there is in this movie. There is none. <laughs> Which is crazy because they had good chemistry and, um, you know, the murder mystery movie. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And, and you know, it must be the dynamic, the dynamic of their characters in one movie versus the other, because they are not. This is this is supposed to feel like uh, like some madcap farcical comedy um mm. on on par with like his girl friday or something and it they they do not pull that off the two mm. of them together uh all right so going up the ladder next is renfield it's fine i would i was hoping for a lot more but uh 
Aquafina, who I love and is one of my favorite actresses, uh, her entire storyline's bad, and it kind of leaves her to flap in the wind and drags her down with everything that's going on in it. It's so poorly written. Yeah. Like, if this movie was nothing but Holt and Cage and maybe Aquafina in a different kind of role, this this could have been a great film, but mm. unfortunately, they spend way too much time on Aquafina's storyline, and it just does her no favors. Darn. Yeah, I was really Poor Aquafina. Poor Aquafina. And she's going to... She's going to take the blame for it, and it's not her fault. It this was not a well written role. Mm. Like it's all boring. Everything that's happening in her storyline is boring. There's more food, lion, water value than mm, yes. Uh, all right, so uh, moving up the ladder, one more uh, Netflix's new film, A Tourist Guide to Love, starring Rachel Lee Cook, mm. who uh, who looks like someone's mom now, and that somehow makes her hotter. Um. <laughs> uh, now, this is the movie that when I turned on this morning for the light and breezy romantic comedy, this is the movie I wanted. This filled exactly what I was looking for. And I had a good time. Good. I'm not. This, this is a film that I will suggest to people who maybe just want a light and breezy romantic comedy. Not like a you need to go watch this movie kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But had a good time and I liked it. And uh, nice to see Rachel Lee Cook again. Uh, okay, moving up the ladder one more time. Evil Dead Rise. Went and saw that yesterday. And if you are a fan of the remake Evil Dead from 2012-2013, you are probably going to like this one. It is a hoot and a holler. It is a <laughs> fun time. Uh, That's all I needed to hear. There's all sorts of great violence in it. It is gory. It is bloody. It has some weird images you've never seen in an Evil Dead film, as well as images that you have seen in Evil Dead film, lines that you will remember from other Evil Dead films. And uh, it's great. It's just a fun, fun time. And uh, there is a shiny reference that I really, really enjoyed. (laughs) I'm glad to hear it's got the hoots and the hollers covered. So that, yeah, I said that's well, all you really need to hear. Exactly. In, right. in, in equal measure, even. Okay, and uh, finally, my number one film that I watched this week, uh, Suzume. Oh. It is... I forgot uh, about that one. I didn't expect that to be your number one. It shocked me as well. Um, <laughs> and and it's, it's not that I'm not a fan of... Uh, uh, his name just dropped out of my head. Uh, uh, Makoto Shinkai. Yeah, uh, it's not that I'm not a fan of Makoto Shinkai. I got to see Weathering with You in the theater, and I love that film as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I still have yet to see your name, though. I hear oh, it's, bro, y- your name's Tearjerker. If 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 it's as good as as this and Weathering with You, then uh, it might be. It's better than Weathering with You. I bet that's I, how good your name is. Yeah, I'm just saying, if it's as good as Weathering, with right? You, I know I'm going to love it. If it's better than Weathering with You, it's probably going to be in like my top ten anime films. Um, and I love Suzume. It was beautiful. It is a kind of heart wrenching uh, meditation on trauma and um, children who are orphaned in disasters and oh. the the trauma responses to. Um, losing losing people and memories and 
I don't want to say too much. I will say that mm-hmm. there's an adorable cat and a guy who turns into a chair. And <laughs> my my review on this movie is I could chairly believe what I just saw. <laughs> as a person who spends much of his life as a chair, I, I'm looking forward to watching it. Well played. So, uh... <laughs> uh, no, this this film is breathtaking and it is gorgeous. Uh, Shinkai can animate the fuck out of a movie. Mm. And the way the way he blends hand drawn with 3D animation is beautiful and seamless. I'm very hyped for that. Yeah, you should be. Um, I I can't wait. I can't wait to to watch it again at some point. Yes. Okay. Cool. So with that, um, Zach, what are we watching next week? Next week, we're uh, we're going to check out something from Whoopi Goldberg. Uh, and she presents Mom's Manly on HBO Max. Mom's Mabley. Uh, Mabley? Mabley. Oh. <laughs> Mom's <a> Manly. <laughs> I, I had a typo then. Uh, excuse me. in the end right next to each other. <laughs> Mom's, oh, Mom's Mabley. Oh, the American comedian. Yes. Thank you. Mom's yep, Mabley. I like your title better. If I'm <laughs> <not>. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we're going back to acting direct for Whoopi Goldberg. Whoopi. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Sorry, I just started thinking of that scene from uh, the Little Rascals movie. My mom's here. Whoopi. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. All right. So, uh, Trav. Come pick it up. Thanks a bunches and bunches mm. for producing our show. We'd also like to thank Chad Ramsey for our most excellent theme song. We'd like to thank Megan and Jay Bell for our beautiful artwork. Follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at OscarsDepod, not Facebook at the OscarsDepodcast. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast. It's a nice five-star review on Apple Podcast, Podcast, Stitcher, or Spotify. It really helps us to be seen in the almighty algorithm. Five stars, like Paul gave this. Check yeah. it out. Because New York dolls are better than kids. True. Even though Zach is very Whoops. But four. Scratching Zach. Trav. And we're just going to go with the easy one. David Johansson this week. Thank you for inspiring so much and being one of the great icons of music. Uh, we would like for you all to have a damn fine day. <laughs> <laughs>